0: Amen. You know, we're sort of having a double first fruits this, this month. Usually, in first fruits, we come and we give a first fruits offering and we praise, and then we have a message. And last Sunday, we came, we gave a first fruits offering, and we praised, and the Holy Spirit came down, and we never got to the message which is always okay with me because Holy Spirit is always much better to have than PowerPoint. (laughs) But uh, so this week we're going to have the message that would have been last Sunday, and it's not too late because we want to find out what God is saying about the season that we're in. So our message this morning is the Hebrew month of Kislev gaining revelation in the night when God speaks through dreams. Holy Spirit, come and release an anointing on each one to receive the revelation you give and to understand what you're saying. So I wanna welcome you to our first fruit celebration for the Hebrew month of Kislev. So everybody turn to your neighbor and say, Merry Kislev! You know, one of the keys to walking in God's blessing is to walk with an understanding of God's calendar. See, God created time. Time is God's idea. Somebody said time is God's way of keeping everything from happening at once. And see, God designed a calendar to help us stay in step with him as we move through time. Now God established his calendar at creation. When God created the heavens, one of the purposes for positioning the sun and the moon and the stars was that they would serve as signs to mark times and seasons and days and years. That's in Genesis chapter one. And God revealed his calendar to us in his word. God's calendar is not like our calendar. God has a different way of looking at time. Uh, In God's calendar, the days begin in the evening, not in the morning. The night watches set the stage for the new day.
1: God's calendar includes set apart or appointed times. Now, I want to say something so people understand this in in a way that I think we can get it. Some people said we're not have said to me many times we're not supposed to be talking about the stars and the moon and the planets I want you to know you are part of a universe <laughs> you are required to get to know your universe and how God uses all of the universe On your behalf. Amen. Yes, you can use stars wrong and use occult powers with them. He named the stars. Now, I want us to get clear on this. You can use rose petals to tell fortunes. My family did it. Are you going to get rid of every rose that is out there? Are you going to smell them and let the fragrance of them unlock the spirit in you? Now, understand, we are coming into a new place beyond our human reasoning. I call it humanistic religion is letting go of us so we understand what God has given us to use on our behalf.
0: Amen.
1: Yet when you look up at the
0: sky at night, God created all of that. That was God's idea. It wasn't the devil's idea, it was God's idea. Now, the devil will try to take anything God gives us and pervert it but it was God's idea and God in his word tells us the purpose for it and one of the purposes for it is to keep us in the timing of God and see God's calendar includes set apart or appointed times and they're all marked by events in the heavens overhead. When the Jews wanted to get a Jewish calendar, they didn't go down to the calendar store and buy one. They looked up at the sky. Said, God has given us a calendar. There's a yearly cycle of feasts that he gave us. And then there's the wonderful gift of Shabbat where you work six days and then you take a day to rest and enjoy God's blessing. There's a different understanding of the months. Every month was a new prophetic season. You know, Israel began every month with a first fruits festival called Rosh Chodesh, which means the head of the month. And they would honor God at the start of the month. They bring a first fruits offering. They receive prophetic revelation about the month ahead. And their goal is to live in sync with God's timing. And when we do that, we prosper. And so this morning we are celebrating a new month. We are now in the month of Kislev. Kislev is the ninth month of the Hebrew year. And this morning we want to see what God is saying about this month. Now, in the natural realm, Kislev is a month of darkness. As we move through this month, the days get shorter and shorter and the nights get longer and longer. But Kislev is not only a month of darkness, it's a month of light shining in the darkness. See, Kislev is the month of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the feast of lights. Uh, we'll have a special Hanukkah celebration later this month. Now, a lot of Christians don't realize that Hanukkah is also a feast for Christians. You know, Hanukkah is never mentioned in the Old Testament, but it is mentioned in the New Testament and in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, we see Jesus celebrating Hanukkah. What would Jesus do? He would celebrate Hanukkah. And uh, you know, he, even, he even gave a Hanukkah message. And we'll talk about that later. But Hanukkah celebrates that our God is a God of miracles. It's a time to declare that Jesus is the light of the world. And Kislev is a month to let your light shine. Tell your neighbors, shine. Shine. Now the Jews associate the month of Kislev with the Hebrew letter Samach. This is what the Samach looks like. Hebrew letters were originally pictures, and they don't just represent sounds, they represent ideas. You can tell the meaning of Samak by its shape. The letter Samak was originally a picture of a circle, or a ring or a repeating cycle. Some of the words beginning with Samach include to turn, to go around, to surround, to encompass or enclose, to come full circle. And see, if you understand that and that's what the month is about, you can prophesy from that. If Kislev is the month of Samach, that means this is a month to come full circle. It's a month God wants to give you a second chance to confront and deal with things that defeated you in the last season. It's a month to enter into a whole new cycle. In a psalmic month, God can give you a second chance at missed opportunities. You know, Moses messed up when he killed the Egyptian, but his opportunity came around again at the burning bush. Israel missed their opportunity at Kadesh Barnea, but their opportunity came around again when they crossed the Jordan. God is a God of second opportunities. So don't miss your opportunity this time. Don't miss your opportunity this time. Tell your neighbor, don't miss it. Now, missed opportunities can come back around again, but some old enemies can also come back around. So this is a month to be on guard. Assamic month is also a month to break out of old cycles. A lot of people are trapped in destructive cycles. God wants to set you free this month. Now, Kislev is associated with the tribe of Benjamin. And Benjamin was famous among all the tribes for their skill with the sling and bow. They were trained to hit the mark. Remember Daniel's video last week. First Chronicles 12, the Benjamites were able to shoot arrows or sling stones, right-handed or left-handed. Judges 20 talks about 700 left-handed Benjamins, Benjamites, who were able to sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. So Kislev is an important month to be armed with your spiritual weapons and take your stand against the enemy. It's an important month to stay focused on God's call for your life. God does not want you to miss the mark this month. Here's some more significant things about Kislev. Kislev is a month to enter into a new level of trust and rest, but also to develop your warfare strategies. The Hebrews consider Kislev to be the month of the womb. When we have our Hanukkah message, we'll point out that it's probably in Kislev that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary's womb and Jesus was conceived. This is a month for the river of God to flow from your innermost being. Tell your neighbor, let it flow. Now, because Kislev is a month of physical darkness, the Jews consider Kislev to be a month of dreams and night visions. In the Torah portions that are read during Kislev, we find most of the dreams that are mentioned in Torah. There's Jacob's dream of the ladder. There's Joseph's dream of his family. There's Pharaoh's dream of the famine. There are the dreams of Pharaoh's servants that Joseph interpreted. So Kislev is a month to be aware of dreams. It's an important time to better understand your dreams. You know, one third of our lives is spent sleeping. And a good portion of that time is spent in the mysterious and fascinating realm of dreams in the realm of dreams normal rules don't apply you can do things you would not do in real life dreams can be fun you're doing things you enjoy with people you like dreams can be wonderful sometimes you hate to wake up but dreams can also be frightening there are nightmares that leave you trembling in fear Dreams can be confusing with strange symbols that you don't understand. You know, many dreams are really just natural events. Some dreams are just the result of your mind tidying up at the end of the day. They can be your mind's attempt to piece together random thoughts and events of the day. They may be a way to review the hopes and desires you meditated on. During the day. You know, Isaiah 29 8 describes how our desires are reflected in our dreams. It says, When a hungry man dreams, he is eating, but when he awakens, his hunger is not satisfied. When a thirsty man dreams, he is drinking, but when he awakens, his thirst is not quenched. See, sometimes just the desires that you have during your waking time will show up and affect your dreams. Dreams can also be a replay of the tensions and fears that tormented you during the day. You know, there are universal dreams, dreams that everyone has, that express our inner hopes and feelings and fears. For example, there are chase dreams. You're running and something frightening or evil is after you. Anybody ever have one of those dreams? Yeah. And that often expresses the fact that you're fearful or dealing with stress and anxiety in your waking life. There are falling dreams. Falling is an indication of insecurities and anxieties. You're feeling overwhelmed and out of control in some situation in life. There are flying dreams. Now, flying dreams are an exhilarating and joyful experience. How many have ever had a flying dream? Yeah, I think everybody has those. In your waking life, it might mean you're on top of a situation. You've risen above something. You've gained a new perspective on things. There are naked dreams. You're going about your daily activities, and you suddenly realize, I'm naked. Anybody ever have one of those? (laughs) Those often come at times when you're feeling vulnerable, unprepared, or uncertain about something you've been asked to do. There are test dreams. You're taking a big test and you fail it. You, uh, you, you feel you're being put to the test or being scrutinized in some area in real life. Now these dreams are usually the result of your mind trying to process the situations of life. They're not necessarily supernatural but they can help you understand yourself better. But so there are some dreams that are just natural, but dreams can also be supernatural. There are spiritual dreams, dreams that open a door to a spiritual realm. One of the ways demons torment people is through their dreams. Satan can speak to you, he can lie to you, he can fill you with fears and tempt you to sin, all in your dreams. Demonic dreams can leave you feeling condemned. They can also bring accusation against other people. And if you're being tormented by bad dreams, going through deliverance can help set you free. So dreams can come from demonic sources, but they can also come from angels. A dream can be a visitation by angelic beings. Many times in the Bible, angels visit people by appearing to them in their dreams. God can speak to you in a dream. A revelatory dream is sometimes called a night vision. It's like a prophetic word or a vision, but it comes at night. It comes when you're asleep. A night vision can be very clear revelation, but it can also be filled with symbols. And like any other kind of prophetic revelation, a spiritual dream needs to be tested and it needs to be interpreted. So pay attention to your dreams this month. God often speaks through dreams. We should expect it. It's really one of the most common forms of revelation. In the first two chapters of the New Testament, crucial revelation is given through dreams five times. So why does God give dreams? Genesis 20, dreams can give a warning. God warned Abimelech, so he could avoid judgment. Genesis 28, dreams can confirm God's promises. Jacob received God's promise in a dream. Genesis 37, dreams can reveal our destiny. Joseph saw God's plan for his life in a dream. 1 Kings 3, 5, dreams can establish our future. You know, Solomon gained wisdom in a dream. Dreams can fill you with hope and release an expectation of God's overwhelming goodness. I love this, uh, Psalm 126. One. It says, like those who dream, we are overwhelmed with joy. Now, sometimes God gives a spiritual dream to uh, communicate something in a way that will bypass your defenses. He wants to alert you to something, but it's something you would not readily accept, and so he puts it in a dream. Years ago, Linda had a very strange dream. In Linda's dream, there was a gold chain wrapped around the calf of her leg, but it was not just wrapped around her calf, it was actually embedded down into her calf. So she had a gold chain in her calf. When she described the dream to me, she said, it was just a horrible feeling. I mean, there's this gold chain going down into my my calf. What does it mean? I had no idea. So we asked Chuck and Chuck left. He said, you didn't get that? He said, gold in calf. God's saying you have a golden calf. And so Linda asked God what it was, and God showed it to her, and she repented and was set free. So sometimes God gives you a dream to set you free. God often gives gives dreams to help launch you into the new. You know, with Joseph, his future was revealed in a dream, and God also used dreams to bring Joseph into his future. Mary's husband Joseph in the New Testament was warned in a dream of dangers in the season ahead. Paul uh, used dreams to set the course of his ministry. There was one point where he was in Asia Minor and his plan was to turn east and go into Asia. And God gave him a dream. He said, no, I want you to go west and go into Europe. And so the whole course of his ministry changed based on a spiritual dream. God gave him key direction, changed the course of world history for Paul to change his direction there. So let me share a testimony of how God uses dreams to transition us into our future. You know, this church began its transition into the things of the Holy Spirit several years before God brought Chuck to us. And since we didn't have an apostle yet, God gave us some prophetic dreams to help direct us. Now, a big issue in the church back in those days was worship, because we, we had been what was called a Bible church. They called it that because you didn't really believe a lot of the Bible, I think. <laughs> but there was very little freedom for the Holy Spirit. It was very dry, it was very unemotional. Our norm was to sing two or three hymns, have some announcements, and have a teaching. Nobody even raised their hands. There was no freedom. But then Holy Spirit showed up. You know, after Linda and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, some friends of ours took us down to a praise service at Christ for the Nations one Sunday afternoon. I'll tell you, it blew us away. We had never seen anything like that. I mean, it was free and exuberant praise. People were dancing People were leaping, clapping their hands, raising their hands. We loved it. It was wonderful. And we could tell God loved it too. God loved it for his children to be rejoicing in his presence. But the question that came to me was, could we ever have that kind of worship in our church? And should we even try to move into that kind of worship in our church? Because to shift into uh, that kind of free and joyful praise in a very conservative church would be a battle. And it was, wasn't it, John? (laughs) But then God gave me a dream. In the dream, I was at the beach with a bunch of friends. We were all having a good time. All my friends were out in the water and they were laughing and splashing and swimming and just having a great time. So I decided to go out and join them, and I walked out there, and I could only get ankle deep. So I was there ankle deep in water and watching everybody else splashing and swimming and just having a great time, and then I woke up, and as I woke up, God said this. He says, don't settle for ankle deep when you see others swimming. See, I knew immediately what God was telling me. And that dream was a major encouragement as we moved into the new season. Dreams can have multiple purposes. Uh, we had, a little while after that, I had a dream where Linda and I were on a snowmobile on the Yukon River in the wintertime. It was bitter cold. The ice, there was an icy wind that was stinging our faces. But we were riding along on the snowmobile singing praise songs and just filled with joy. And as I woke up, God said this. He said, it doesn't matter where you are as long as there's a song of praise in your heart. Now God used that dream in several ways. First of all, it changed my attitude toward cold weather. Because see, I was from Florida. I hated cold. To me, when it got cold, when winter came, I got depressed. But shortly after I had that dream, we had a very bad cold snap. It was down in the 20s. And I didn't get depressed. When I felt that cold, it just reminded me of riding the snowmobile on the Yukon River, singing praise to God, and it was just wonderful. I've never been depressed by cold weather since. Secondly, it taught us the importance of praise when you are in an uncomfortable situation. You know, when you travel as much as we have, there's just a lot of times where you're not very comfortable. I remember one time, a few years after this, we were on a ministry trip to Alaska. Flying to Alaska, there was a flight delay, thunderstorms moved in, we sat on the runway for about two hours before we took off, so our flight was delayed in Dallas. We got into Anchorage after midnight. We knew we were going to have to get up about 5 in the morning to catch the plane to the next city. So we got the shuttle. We went to the hotel. We had our reservations in hand. And the man at the desk apologized profusely. He said, I am so sorry. I see you had a reservation. We lost it. We don't have any rooms available. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll call and find you another hotel. And so he got on the phone, found another hotel that had a room, called a shuttle. Remember, this was after midnight. (laughs) Called a shuttle to take us over to the other hotel. We got there. They only had one room vacant, and it was a smoking room. And it had been thoroughly smoked in. I mean, you could hardly breathe in that place. We walked in there. We knew we were only going to have a few hours to sleep anyhow, But we thought, you know, what what else could go wrong? So we went in the bathroom and flushed the toilet, and it overflowed Niagara Falls. And I looked at Linda, and she said, I guess we better praise God. (laughs) And I thought, well, it's going to be okay then. Doesn't matter where you are, as long as there's a song of praise in your heart. The third thing about that dream is it pointed a direction for future ministry in Alaska because we had never thought about even visiting Alaska. We were in Florida. From Florida, we didn't like cold. We had no desire to go to Alaska, but God was going to send us to Alaska again and again and again. God has connected us to Alaska. Our good friends Robert and uh, Eleanor Rule have a wonderful ministry up there. We've gone up there, we've ministered with them. Several times we've ministered in Eskimo villages north of the Arctic Circle. That's even further north than the Yukon River. And that dream may point to things we don't even know yet. Cindy Jacobs prophesied that Linda and I would be instrumental in helping Jews escape from Russia across the Bering Strait into Alaska. So I looked one time on the map, how would you get into the interior Alaska where there are roads and highways and trains if you came across from the Bering Strait? And there's really only one way to go, and that's up the Yukon River. So who knows? <laughs> we may end up on a snowmobile <laughs> on the Yukon River in the wintertime. But see, your dreams can point the way to your future. When God speaks in a dream, one of the key issues is often, what did that dream mean? Because some dreams are easily understandable. Sometimes God will tell you the meaning as you're waking up like he did with those dreams. But some dreams are mysteries. A mystery is a revelation that comes in a coded or a symbolic form. And see, here's a key truth about God. God does not always try to make his revelation easy to understand. If you've ever had a strange dream that you could not understand, that was a mystery. And God often speaks in mysteries. He showed Nebuchadnezzar a large statue made of different kinds of metal. He showed Jeremiah two baskets of figs. One had good figs and one had bad figs. He showed Zachariah a woman in a basket. And those are all symbols. They're not immediately understood. They are mysteries from God. So when God speaks to you in a mystery, you're in good company. Why does God speak in mysteries? Well, one reason, it draws us closer to him. When God shows us a mystery, he wants us to search out the answer. God wants us to pray and to seek Him for understanding, to draw near to Him, to hear what He's saying. You know, reading a good mystery holds your attention. God wants to captivate you and hold your attention. And His promise is if we draw near, He will reveal the meaning. So, how do I seek out the meaning of a mystery? Here's one way you can seek people who are gifted. There are some who had the gift of interpreting dreams. You know, Pharaoh didn't understand his dream, so he went to Joseph, and Joseph gave the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar did not understand his dream, he went to Daniel and got the interpretation. A second place to go is to the Bible because the symbols that you have in your dream often relate to the Word of God. You know, when Linda had the dream of the gold chain embedded in her calf, Chuck recognized that that symbol was really a biblical picture. Gold in calf meant golden calf. Then there are dreams that help interpret dream symbols. and There are books that interpret dream symbols. They can be very helpful. We have some of those in our bookstore and on our website. But the most important thing to remember when you need to interpret a dream is this. Go to God. In Daniel 2, Daniel and his friends prayed to God for understanding of the mystery. And during the night, the mystery was revealed. See, God reveals his secrets to those who seek him. And if you go to God, he will make sure you get the understanding that you need. See, God wants to bless you through your dreams. Psalm 127, verse 2. I love this verse. It says, It is vain for you to rise up early and to stay up late, to eat the bread of anxious toil, for God gives blessing to his beloved even in their sleep. And see, God wants to bless you while you sleep and one of the ways god does that is through your dreams so Kislev is a month to gain a new awareness of your dreams god wants you to pay attention to your dreams this month god wants you to understand the meaning of every dream he gives you and see even though this is a month of darkness god does not want to leave you in the dark God wants Kislev to be a breakthrough month to help you move into your destiny. So in Kislev, celebrate Hanukkah. Let your light shine. Let God bring you full circle and give you a second chance at your missed opportunities. And let him show you how you you can hit the mark this month. And in this month of dreams, God wants you to know If you seek him diligently, he will reveal your destiny and open the door to your future. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who speaks to his people. Lord, even in our sleep, you bless us with dreams and visions to give us information that we need, to set direction, to give us warning, and to help us move forward into your call and destiny for our lives.
1: Wow. Let's stand up. Now I want to pray for us. How many of you can't remember dreams? Just lift your hand. Now, Father, I I want you to take and turn around. If if you've got your hand up, I want somebody that's around you to put their hand on you. Uh, That just says something is being stolen uh, during the night from you. Or... There's some emotional uh, thing that is going on with you where you're not in touch with the Spirit at night. Now, Father, I thank you right now for night visitations. I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, because you are dreaming. Now, I want you to know that. You are dreaming. Now, say that out loud I am dreaming. Lord, get in touch with my ability to hear at night. See, you'd be dead if you weren't dreaming. And that's serious. But some way you're not in touch, spirit, soul, and body. That's why that thing is so important that we're teaching on Wednesdays. And you want to get in touch. Now, Some of you have dreams, but you shrug off the revelation. Lord, I ask you right now for us to capture your voice during the night. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, let me capture your voice during the night. Father, right now, I ask for you to have us capture what you're saying at night. Now, some of you are plagued with a nightmarish visitation. If that's you, lift your hand up. We want to break that so you lie down and sleep in peace and know that the Lord can make you safe. If that's you, I want you to just have somebody pray for you right now. Now, Father, I say any access the enemy is gaining during the night, I plead the blood of Jesus over us. I I decree that you'll see any object in your house that's allowing that enemy to uh, enter in, anything you're watching, your eye gate that's causing it. Father, I thank you right now for a peaceful night. Now, you're going to have some crazy dreams, and some of them stir up the emotion of uh, fear in you, but fear isn't a bad emotion unless the spirit of fear attaches to it. Now, always remember that. You've got to distinguish between fear, the emotion, and a spirit of fear, because fear can also produce warning for you. some of you have had dreams and you're still perplexed over that dream. Now, I want you to lift your hand. I'm going to ask for a spirit of revelation to visit you and cause you to be able to see clearly from the dream you had. Now, Father, I ask for a spirit of revelation And wisdom, I pray it just as Paul prayed it over the Ephesians. I say the spirit of revelation and wisdom will rest on us when we lay down. In Jesus' name, by his blood. Some of you have gone through great traumas. Great traumas. And now I'm going to say this to you and you're going to have to grab hold of this. Sometimes during your dream, dream life, God is healing you of traumas, and even though the dream is bringing up deep things within you that you would rather not see, it is part of your healing. One time I had a dream, and God took me back to the very instance of what happened I woke up, I was shaking, the bed was wet. I I told Pam what I had remembered, and of course she said, are you ever going to get healed so I can get a good night's sleep? But all of a sudden I dealt with that situation that I had never dealt with. God can come to you in your dreams and reveal the future. He can show you your loved ones and what he, where you had one perspective, he can give you a whole another perspective of why certain things have happened in your life. I want to reiterate what God is saying today to us. Don't be distracted. When you lay down to go to sleep, tell distraction to leave you. The word distraction means, and this is what this month's about, dragging around in circles. You decree, and that's why the Lord told Martha, Martha, you're distracted and anxious over many things. You're dragging around in circles and then you get mad because Mary won't come drag around in circles with you. (laughs) Ask the Lord. Don't. Don't do all that religious praying this month. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I just want to hear you. I want to have peace when I lay down. If you've got something to say to me, I want to I hear it. I'm willing to hear you. I think a lot of people don't ask Him to hear him because they're not willing to hear him. And I, I, I'm willing for you to say something to me that I need to hear. I'm willing you to, for you to show me some things that I have pushed down my emotions and not wanted to see. Father, I decree right now that we're giving you access. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I say his blood and spirit covers everyone under the listening of my voice. And they will lie down and sleep in wholeness, in peace, for you alone will make them dwell in safety. I send you forth into revelation.